We're in a series called Wisdom for Today, and today's topic is know who to trust, or knowing who to trust. I think it is a very relevant topic, because trust is like a, it's a big deal. Like, I, I need to surround myself with people that I know I can trust and I can rely on. It's a, it's, it's a challenge. But in our, in our staff, like building trust and working on trust is a, is a part, of our, it's part of our culture as, as a pastoral staff. And, and we're, 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 we work more on that than probably anything else and just building rapport. And in the general culture today, you just probably don't know who to trust anymore. I mean, a few years ago, I actually thought that Tom Cruise was running for president. Like, they had me. That, have you seen that, that deep fake of Tom Cruise running? And he says, I'm running for president. They had me. I'm like, I totally got suckered in. I'm like, wow, maybe I kind of I like Tom Cruise. Maybe this is a, oh, wait, he's a cult member. No. Um, <laughs> but they had me. But it was fake, and I bought it. It was a lie, and I got sucked into it. And that's going to be happening more and more with the, with the technology that we have. I mean, we're able to fake what politicians say. Uh, it's, it, we're able to fake a lot of stuff. We're, the media is constantly lying to us. It's very, it can be very frustrating. And you also might find yourselves in your work environments where there is division and polarization and distrust both at your, your work environment and at school, and you, you might not know who you can confide in, you might not know who to trust. And so this is a very important principle that we must adopt uh, in order to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So we've got to be sharp in this, in this area of knowing who to trust and who to bring into our circle. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's hard to do. It's very, very hard to do. Uh, I'm going to give us a couple of little skills. These are kind of technically tech, uh, um, secular skills, psychological skills. Um, and so how, and how to recognize if somebody is being disingenuous or if somebody is lying or if they have, they have something to hide. Actually, before I get in, let me tell you a story that, that just popped up into my radar just yesterday. Um, some of you, if you're following what, what's going on in Israel and if you're kind of in the prophecy category and end time stuff, uh, you might have heard that Israel, the state of Israel, is now arresting Christians for proselytization. So Christians that are sharing their faith, they're getting arrested. That, that's the law of the land. I don't know if anybody has technically been arrested yet. And obviously, Christian persecution is a bad thing, yeah? So it's like, it's like what in the world? We are in the end times because they're, they're going to arrest people for sharing their faith. And in Israel of all places, Yeah? Like, that's not acceptable. I think we could all agree. And we can actually do something about it. Did you know that? We could do something about it. We could, uh, we could quit allowing our brothers and sisters in Christ, quit allowing them and permitting them to, oh, boy, i got to be careful how I say this. 
from doing dumb things. Sometimes Christians do dumb things. The reason why the state of Israel is willing to arrest Christians because there is some well-meaning Christian person that has gone down the path of Messianic Judaism and they have grown their hair. They're not Jews, by the way. They're Americans from the southern states. <laughs> Just leave that there. <laughs> and they, they, they grow out their hairs in curls and they wear the hats and they study the law, they study the Torah, and they, they fake being Jews. They're fake Jews. Ethnically, they're not Jews, and, and religiously, they're not Jews. They're, 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 they're undercover Jews. <laughs> and so they have this mission, this mandate that they believe is from God, and I question it, but they, they, they fake it, and then they infiltrate the, the synagogues in Israel trying to, trying to convert them. And basically, they're living a lie. I think it's dishonest, and I don't think it's, it's not ethical, in my opinion. I understand the motivation. The motivation is pure because they want to, they want to, they want to reach people for Jesus. Just, the end doesn't justify the means, though. You can't be blessed if you're deceptive. Does that make sense? So I could understand why, and I had a conversation with a Jewish man yesterday who is actually sympathetic towards Christians. In fact, my best friend is a Christian, he says. But he was annoyed at, at this tactic to reach the lost. He says, you know, you shouldn't have to try to manipulate us. Uh, maybe we would just come to Jesus if you would just model it better. And so instead of trying to trick us, why don't you just model it a little bit better? Why don't you be an example instead of a hard sell? Interesting, right? And so deception and lying, like God's not going to have you lie to um, advance his kingdom. He's not going to encourage you to trick people in, in order to save people, Yeah. And it is fascinating, like, on a sociology, sociology, I can't say the word. Thank you. We have some more of this. (laughs) All right. It's fascinating that rabbis in Israel got duped by um, play-acting Americans. Isn't that fascinating? Like, they didn't see it. Like, if anybody you think that you pick up on a phony or on a fraud, it would be, you know, a Jewish rabbi. But they didn't see it. They, they, they didn't see the signs. Okay? So, here are some signs. And these are, these are FBI tactics on how to spot a liar, on how to spot a fraud. Like, do you know if somebody's lying to you? Do you can, are you able to tell if somebody's not being true? So this is what the FBI says. It's people that are speaking too fast. Like they're just kind of nervous in their speech, speaking too fast. Uh, people that talk louder, like they're talking over the crowd. When their voice cracks, 
So I guess um, all boys going through puberty are a bunch of liars. <laughs> so... <laughs> Or if there's repetitive coughing. Or if somebody's constantly clearing their throat. I know. <laughs> then, you, like, these people might not be trustworthy. Signs of behavior exhibits lapse in memory, especially if, they, uh, if they're alert in a conversation. Like, they're basically, they're checking out. They're not listening to what you say. They want to make sure that you're listening to what they say. Somebody that re- refuses to provide details. They speak maybe a little too formally. Like, they're really pushing their language skills. This one's kind of a problem for me. Uh, is given to exaggeration. <laughs> All right, here's some other signs. Um, so individuals that are, are crossing their, their arms and crossing their legs, you can't trust them because they've got something to hide. Yeah? Um, people that, people are that over-exaggerate their expressions, so you're talking to them and then their hands go above their heads and they're doing this, you, you can't trust those people either because they are, uh, they're trying to dominate you. They're trying to force power over you. You can't trust those types of people. People that are a little fidgety, they're a little, like, you may already think they're tweaking or something, like people that are just, they just can't, they can't hold still, like, you can't, you can't trust those people either. The, the FBI says, because they got something wrong with them. They've, they're, you know, they might be addicted to something. You can't trust those people. If, like, there's this weird eye twitch, like if somebody's going like this a lot, you could be, just be aware. Like, be on guard if somebody's got a twitchy eye. There's certain types of, of people that you need to be aware of, too. People of other ethnicities beside your own, you can't trust them. It's just, you have to be careful. You can't, you can't let other ethnicities into your circle. You can't trust those people. Uh, another group that you can't trust are foreigners. <laughs> foreigners are untrustworthy people. can't trust actors that goes without saying because they they their career their entire career is based on lying on screen like they're just making everything up so how do you know if an actor is being truthful to you they could be acting how can you tell if a politician is lying (laughs) Their, their lips are moving look there is only one politician that does not lie And that's Ronald Reagan, and he's with Jesus. (laughs) You can't trust politicians. They will will tell you exactly what you want to hear. Doesn't matter what party. The Bible says 
in Psalms 116, all men are liars. <laughs> so that applies to our politicians too. It doesn't say that women are liars, but... <laughs> Am I... Am I, is it really that bad? Okay. All right, so you see where I'm going with this. It's, trust is a big deal, so who can you trust? Like I said, the Bible says that all men are liars. We'll just go ahead and throw women in there too, because it's, you know, we go both good and bad. So everybody is a liar. That's, and so who can, who can you trust? You can't trust politicians. You can't trust the media. Uh, you can't trust religious institutions. You can't trust people that pretend like they're Jews and sneak into Israel to convert them. You can't trust the economy right now. Yeah. And so if we continue to walk and live our lives in such a way where we are distrustful of every institution, every situation, and even every person, there is, there is a, a trap to falling into negative cynicism that, that's just not healthy. It's, it can be, just frankly, very dangerous. So who can, who can you trust? I, I did some counseling this week um, with a couple. And like this is, this is heartbreaking, but this is just the reality of relationships. There are times in your relationship, if you are a married person, there are times when you don't even trust your own spouse. Yeah? That's never, a, that's never a fun place to be. And if you are a married couple that have never, you know, you've never dealt with trust issues, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, let me just think about it. I mean, I'm not talking about infidelity or anything like that, but um, if somebody hasn't been there emotionally for you, like you, and this is, a, this is a reality for a lot of relationships. Sometimes you're just spent, and sometimes you, you know, you're done, and you don't have the emotional bandwidth to meet the needs of your, of your spouse. And when that takes place, and if they don't feel like you're, they're being heard, whether it is an actual breaking of trust, the emotion is there. Like they're not there for me emotionally, and I can't trust them with what I need to share with them. Because they won't respond with the empathy that is required for the place that I'm in. So, what's the answer to this? The answer is, is of course, it's biblical. Not only does Psalm say that all men are liars, but here is, uh, here's some other answers. Proverbs 3, you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and then you lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways you acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. 
Jeremiah 17.7 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out the roots by the streams. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now, that's kind of the, that's kind of the spoiler. You know, we can trust the Lord. I'll get to that in a second. But what was implied in here is, is yourself. There's, there's one other type of person that you shouldn't trust, okay? Like I said, you can't trust foreigners. You can't trust people of other ethnicities. You can't trust people that wear pinky rings. <laughs> right? Or, 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 wear, or don't wear shoes. Can't trust people that don't wear socks. Don't wear socks. There's another... There's another type of person that you definitely should not, in any circumstance, trust. You ready for it? And it's so easy. It is so easy to go around not trusting anybody else because everybody else is against you. And you think that you are the moral authority on every situation. You think that you have never done anybody wrong. And you have never acted in an unjust way. It's like you have never sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, once more, the Bible says that all men and all women are are liars. That applies to you, too. But usually, like, when we read that, we're like, yeah, that's right. Everybody's a liar, but we think, except for me. Everybody's out to get me, except for, except for me. I, I love everybody. Like, when we read the Scripture, and we don't apply it to ourselves, but when we're just applying it to other people, then it's just not, it's, it's unhealthy. And so... You know, again, my natural man's going to be like, yeah, that's right, Lord. I can't trust those people. Kick their teeth in, Jesus. But I have to put myself in that, in that same category. I have to ask myself, uh, okay, where have I not been completely truthful with people? Or where have I not been completely truthful, you ready for this one, with myself? Do you know that we can lie to ourselves and then believe our own lies and that we can self-deceive ourselves? And it is super easy to do. It's actually one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to get us to lie to ourselves. All he's got to do is just broadcast some little lie, some little seed, and he's the father of lies. All he's got to do is just plant the seed in our mind, and then if we entertain the thought, if we entertain the lie, we'll accept the lie, we'll believe the lie, and then we will encourage and pour water, if not gasoline, on the lie. We have this incredible ability to believe our own lies. 
And it's never something that is wrong with us. It is always something that is wrong with everybody else. Yeah? Am I preaching to myself here? So, on an interpersonal level, what's, what's the solution to this? Because we have to, again, like I said at the beginning, trust is so important. We have to learn the skills on how to trust one another. Because relationships that are working towards trust, either at work or at home or at church, Worship, uh, relationships that begin to build trust, not only are they healthy, but they're healthy for you as an individual. And again, it's very difficult to do because once I, again, like I said, that everybody's a liar, yeah? So how can you trust anybody if everybody's a liar? How can you open yourself up? How can you be, ready for this word? Maybe you might want to write this word down. How can you be Vulnerable. I think vulnerability is probably one of the hardest disciplines that most Americans have and most humans have. Being vulnerable, because, you know, it was March 15th just the other day, the Ides of March, when Julius Caesar was stabbed in the back by his friends. I think most of us can relate to that where you have been stabbed in the back by your friend. And it is like the worst, like betrayal is the worst feeling in the world. And if you have ever been betrayed, the, the emotion and the vitriol is almost one of violence. Like you begin to think violent thoughts if you've ever been betrayed. Or, or at least your imagination kicks in and you can imagine horrible things happening to this person that betrayed you, yeah? Is that, is that just me? <laughs> okay. That mindset that imagines horrible things happening to people that we don't like or people that have hurt or betrayed us, like that mindset, well, it's, it's the mindset of the enemy of God. The mindset of Jesus is completely opposite. If we are to be like Christ, if we are to have the mind of Christ, you ready for this one? This is going to this is going to blow your mind. Is that you actually love and encourage those that have betrayed you? Because he was betrayed, right? Jesus was betrayed. He was stabbed in the back by his disciples. He, he experienced the Judas kiss. The affection that was filled with poison. And Jesus knew. He knew that he couldn't trust those 12 knuckleheads. He knew he couldn't trust them. I mean, we might think that, well, well, I know how people work, and I know what they're going to do. Like, we might think that, but the problem is, like, Jesus knows the future. So he knew exactly how they were going to act and how they were going to behave and how they were going to act cowardly and how they were going to, you know, try and sneak around and how they were going to be petty and how they were going to tear each other down in order to be great. Like, he knew all this stuff. And yet, 
Jesus chooses to be vulnerable to the point of death on the cross. Like, boy, that dark, that's, that's some heavy stuff, yeah? Like, that's, that's hard to get to. I was once in a seminary class with an amazing professor. And she, it was a hermeneutics class. So it was on communication and speaking and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know why, but there was something in my spirit that could trust her. I don't know where that comes from. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a movement of the Holy Spirit that says, like, you can trust her. Doesn't really know me that well. I mean, this is an academic setting. Um, doesn't know my history, doesn't know my character, just knows, you know, I'm here to learn, right? And the, the Lord says, you can, you can trust this woman. And so I just, I just gutted myself. I mean, I just kind of let it all out. I talked about, you know, how my friends have betrayed me and how I haven't been able to forgive them. And, and uh, I was like really whining about this, right? The unfortunate thing when God brings people into your life that speak the truth in love, they will tell you exactly what you need but not what you want to hear. And so what she told me is, yeah, um, yeah, Mr. I think she didn't call me Mr. She called me, I think she called me Joshy, which my grandma calls me Joshy. She said, people will let you down. People are going to let you down. That doesn't mean that you give up on people. I know from experience in just life and pastoral counseling and like there's people that deal with hurt, people hurt and whether it's an affair and a marriage or whether it is abuse by someone else or whether it's just something traumatic that takes place in that that wound separates you from the ability to have a healthy, trusting relationship. I totally get that. Just because I've seen what takes place in the soul of a person that has been deeply wounded by trauma. I've seen that. And so I'm not, I don't say this lightly because I understand the trepidation of the pain. But you will be a better person if you can trust others with your life. Yes, they will let you down. But the other side of the coin is they can lift you up. They can lift you up. You just might be some lady or man that will be called into a certain person, certain person's life where they can... The Holy Spirit will prompt them and prompt you where you can share a moment of deep trust and growth and health. 
Wouldn't you want to do that? Life without closeness to others and intimacy in friendships and relationships and marriage, like if it's all stripped out, it's just a shallow hole. But relationships that take risk and that are vulnerable and that are transparent and that maybe even at times can be wounding, relationships like that are worth fighting for. Relationships like that, that are life-building relationships, are worth you spending the time to come to terms with your own fallibility and your own problems. There is a healthy practice of self-reflection. Like, again, we all got to take a look in the mirror. There is, a, there is a healthy practice at looking at yourself, at looking at your motives. You need to ask yourself, am I a liar? Am I, a, am I presenting a false front? Am I doing things that, that are maybe a little, you know, manipulative and, and only for my glory and my position? You have to ask yourselves these very difficult questions before you start addressing the issues in other people's lives. Frankly, we've got to get our own house in order before we try to get the world in order. You want to change the world? Change your inner self. One person at a time. And that person starts with you. Counseling session I had where there was trust broken in an intimate relationship. It wasn't an affair. It it was... The man was emotionally disconnected. Hmm. <laughs> Is it just me and my dad on this one? Come on now. We can't be the only ones that space out. The man was emotionally disconnected. Like he just, the stuff that the gal was going through was too much. It was heavy stuff. No, don't get me wrong. It was very, very heavy stuff. And he didn't have the abilities to field it. Because he's not, a, like, like this, this person needed a uh, trained psychologist. And that's not him. He's, he's the husband, yeah? He doesn't have the skills to fix her problems. Well, I, nobody can fix your problems, by the way, except you and Jesus. And, and so the question was arised, if my husband's not able to meet me where I need to be, if he's not able to help me, I don't feel like I can go to my friends with this. I don't feel like I can even trust my own friends with this, right? Not, that might even be a point of wisdom. There's certain people that you can't trust with your deepest, darkest secrets. says, my therapist will only see me once a week, and I can't get it all out in, in that amount of time. So 
like, who do I turn to? Who do I trust? And I said, honey, I'm just going to get religious on you. You need to trust Jesus. I said, yes, the Lord, can, the Lord does and can use people to help you, to minister to you, to speak directly to you. God uses people all the time, all day long, to, to be the hands and the feet and the, and the voice box of his word. All day long. But in your spiritual walk, you will need to learn to trust in the Lord himself and to lean into his presence and not your own understanding of what you think that you want. It is a deep place with the Lord. It is a solemn place with the Lord. It is a a petitioning place. Before you weigh an issue on your spouse, petition the Lord first. You see, our spouses, our parents, our teachers, our politicians, our counselors, our psychologists, our doctors, they're nothing but tools, but Jesus is the answer. Like, you need to see a counselor. You need to be on medication. Some of you. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny, but (laughs) it might have been to be funny. Um, Like, you need to do these things. But they are not your source, they are tools, they are aids that the Lord can use to get you healthy. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added unto you, including emotional health, relational strength, spiritual maturity, soundness of mind. So if you're not seeking first the Lord in your psychological, mental health, then you're, you're just going to be indoctrinated. You're just going to be medicated. But if you seek first the kingdom of God in these things, then you're going to have the power of God over your relationships and over your health and over your situations. Power of God can instruct your doctors on what medications to give you. The Holy Spirit can do that when you seek first the kingdom of God. When you seek first the kingdom of God, uh, before you unload to your spouse, the Holy Spirit will say, now's not a good time because your spouse is um, emotionally unavailable. Before you lean upon your spouse, lean upon me first. Amen? All right, can I vent for a second? Your children are not your counselors. Your children should never, ever, ever know the drama that's taking place between you and your spouse. Your children should never know the depth of your depression. 
Don't put that on them. You put that on the Lord. Your children are not your best friends. They're your children. Go get yourself some best friends. You can't birth yourself a best friend. You have to go get your own. They're your children. Okay, obviously I went through something like that this week. That's where that came from. So, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Yeah? Isn't that cool? How often do we actually do that? So if you ever find yourself like this person I was talking to earlier today, I don't know who to turn to. I feel so alone. I feel so abandoned. Well, yeah, people are going to abandon you. Your closest people in your life, they might not have it for you at the moment, they, and you might feel abandoned. Where do you go? You turn into the Lord. All right, so when you see the great counselor in the sky, when you book an appointment with the Holy Spirit, when you begin to do business with yourself, with your own limitations, and your inability to be truthful to others and your inability to be truthful to yourselves. This one's tough, but it's true, and I've seen it. You have to come to terms to the reality of the fact that do you trust God? It's a scary territory to be in. And we've all been there. Like, can I trust God? Can I trust God with this problem? Can I trust God with my relationships? Can I trust God with my mind space? Can I trust God with my finances? If you've ever dealt with an unanswered prayer that was big, where you felt let down by God, I'm going to encourage you right now to take that thought and that emotion and you cast it away where it belongs into the pit of hell. You capture every thought, every imagination, and then you make them obedient to Christ. I am a free will theologian. Free will all the way, every day. But at the same time, I believe in the sovereignty of God and that he will step into my life and violate my free will to save me from some dumb decision. Now. Yeah? All right, so if I find myself in a bad situation, I call upon the Lord in my time of need, and the Lord up from heaven looks down and is like, oh, you, that was, 
you are in, yes, Josh, you are in a bad situation. You are an idiot for this one. I will come in and I will save you from your bad choice. And I love that. That's answered prayer. And I love being in that state where I just feel like my communication with God is just solid and tight. I ask God and he answers. Isn't that cool? Have you ever been in that situation? Where you're just like, wow, me and my, my relationship with the Lord is solid. And that's the sovereignty of God. But did you know, when you feel like God hasn't answered your prayer, do you know why? It's because he wants you to become mature. He wants to get you to the place where he doesn't have to violate your free will. And he will allow you to continue to play in the street with cars. So that you'll become a wiser person. And because of him pushing us into maturity and responsibility, you know, we get, you know, we get hit by a car. God, where were you? I can't trust you. Right? No, he says, no, you can trust me because I'm making you better. You know, you need to continue to trust the process. I'm making you a better person. Making you tougher, leaner, faster, meaner. Wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. So you can trust the Lord, even when it feels like He's not there. See, in our mind, in our understanding, when we want God answering our prayers, everything goes smoothly. There is no risk, there is no danger, there is no vulnerability. But if you truly want to trust the Lord, it's a dangerous place. It can be a scary place. You can feel exposed. This is Luke. And you know the story. But this highlights the goodness of God and what he wants to push you into. Immediately, Luke chapter 8, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Late that night, he was alone, and there was a boat already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before the dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, don't be afraid. Ready? Lord, it is you, Peter replied. Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. 
he quit trusting. You see it? He quit trusting in the Lord in this moment. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him and he said, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? To help illustrate this point, let's roll this film. Just keep rolling. Simon, it's the fourth watch of the night and we've been stuck in the same place for
be showing this clip on our Good Friday communion service. And maybe you know somebody that needs to see it. So there's your little challenge is who are you going to invite to Easter? Who are you going to invite to Good Friday? If I could have the band come on up to the front too. So, know who to trust. Know him. Know Jesus. You can trust him. It might not feel like you can trust him, but you can trust Jesus with every part of your life. All of us have been a Peter where we've doubted and we've sunk in our faith. We've been disillusioned with life. But it's clear, he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, he will never let you go. He's not going to let you go. So trust the Lord right now with all of those things that are vexing you. You have questions that doesn't seem like there's answers to, you're, you're dealing with situations that are beyond you. Trust the Lord. He's not going to answer those questions immediately. Sometimes he does, but trust the process. Trust the Lord. This is how you do it. You receive the body of Christ, and you become the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You are the ears and the feet and the legs and the arms. And you need to learn how to trust each other so you can walk straight. So trust the body of Christ. Take a risk. Get out of the boat. Make yourselves a little vulnerable and place your trust in the Lord. But place your trust in people too. With the understanding that it will let you down. Place your trust in them. Believe that there can be a better way. Because that's how God made us. He made us to learn how to trust one another. Make yourselves vulnerable today. 
by becoming a part of the body of Christ. This is where your connection is. This is where your provision is. Receive the body of Christ. how you know you can trust Jesus that he will never let you go it's in this little cup right here which is called the new covenant it's the new deal this covenant makes us so relational with Jesus as as if his blood is running through our veins washing away all of our sin and our insecurities our doubts and our fears Let's let this new covenant wash away our doubts. The doubts that we have about people, the doubts that we have about ourselves, and most importantly, the doubts that we placed on God that are from the devil. Let's wash away those doubts in the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins for transforming us today, transforming us today from being liars to becoming truthful people, honest people, people that walk in integrity. Occasionally we'll fib, but we're heading towards integrity and truth and honesty and kindness and gentleness. Thank you, God. Pull us out of the boat so that we can become better people. Thank you for what your son did for us on the cross. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears with you.
So your little uh, challenge today, who can you take a risk with this week? Who can you be a little vulnerable to this week? Who can you quit holding captive in a cage of cynicism and doubt and suspicion? Who can you trust this week? Who can you share the good news with this week? Who can you be a light to a dark place this week? He'll show you. He will show you how you can be the Lord's voice. Trust him today. Trust him this week. He's faithful. He is good. He's never left. On your way out, grab a 5K flyer. This is your last week to get the early bird special, so we'd love for you to join us on the run. You can run that good race and run it to the end, and well, we just get ourselves in shape. We all need it. So I would encourage you guys to do that. Grab the flyer. This is the last week that you can get that discount. Let me send you off with a blessing. May the God of peace the one that can calm that storm. May he sanctify you through and through. May your whole body, your soul, may they learn how to become trusting of you. The Lord has called you a glorious destiny. He has called you into a purpose. He has noticed your faith. He has taken note of the times you stepped out of the boat. He has seen your good deeds and your faithfulness. is faithful when you feel like he hasn't been faithful. So now may the Lord bless you all richly and fill you to an abundance of peace and security during this week. May he give you a new confidence, a new inner strength, a new lens to see people the way that he sees people. May you walk with the power of God and cast out every thought and imagination that is not of Him this week. He's a good God. He loves you fiercely. He's never going to let you go. God bless you guys. Have a great week.